0: Brought to you by Gwatney Chevrolet. At the Gregory Street exit in Jacksonville, this is Guatney Unplugged with Scott Romine.
1: Hey, Scott Romine here. This week, we are continuing our interview with Joel Kramer. We had him on last week, our, our interview. We had so many things to talk about. This is one of the most fascinating guests we've ever been able to nail down. You worked on Heat. That is the best cop movie ever made. What? What was? What was your role in that one?
0: I was the stunt coordinator and second unit director.
1: So you filmed the shootout, the most famous probably shootout of I, any I film.
0: Filmed, well, I filmed parts of it. While Michael Mann would be, you know, a block or two away shooting the actors, I'd be down shooting all the stuff with the police cars, you know, and the policemen doing the shoot out there, getting a lot of shots with them that Michael would later, you know, shoot with the actors. So I was, I was picking up a lot of stuff. I saw a lot of the lead ups for the car crash and the, uh, you know, and, oh, wait, that was, uh, yeah, that was heat going in, you no, know, wait, that was collapse. I'm, I'm all mixed up. Yeah, that was heat with armored car heist and all that stuff.
1: You know, that was a different movie, wasn't it? Now there's oh, no wow. armored car. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, that there, there was, is yeah. at the very beginning. Yeah, the very beginning, where Rick, a- <laughs> right. Rick Avery is one of the You're security right. guards.
0: Yeah. I, I hired Rick and, uh, I shot all the lead-ups Then I shot all the traveling shots at the cars and the high-speed stuff. But uh, <clears throat> Michael shot most of the shootout.
1: I, I always heard the he shootout out. was filmed on Sunday mornings or something, correct? I mean, obviously, <laughs> you got to have no one down there.
0: We could only get the locations on Sundays and Sundays.
1: I actually did so feel
0: we that. There, we, we shot it over a four, four- or five-week period. But we actually went there and rehearsed it. You know, we we bought the locations on the weekends, went down there and just walked every piece of it, every gunfire, every gun turn. You know, and with Jimmy Nero and our City man and Michael and Mick Gould, who was ex sas MI5, who trained the guys. I mean, Mick Mick is Mick is brilliant. And between Mick and I, you know, and some of Mick's guys to train the shooting, we trained all the actors. And by the time we trained them with live fire. Up at the sheriff's honor ranch, right? Sheriff's up at the others. and you know by the time these guys can operate those weapons, blindfolded, and they were so safety trained with these weapons because we wanted live fires and they respected it. And when you see Val and Bob and everybody working it, I mean they're all working these weapons, and even with the blanks, they're very safety conscious, very safety conscious. You know that's the way I do all actors. They go to and Tom Cruise was fanatical about, you know, training with weapons and we did collateral. But another actor is extremely safety conscious. And, you know, what happened with Alec Baldwin's show should have never happened. Oh, back. of course pure, not. Pure, pure arrogant stupidity. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of elements that went into that. <clears throat> and as an actor and a producer, there's a lot of mistakes made hiring the wrong people. People that I'm not going to get into it, you know, because there's lawsuits going on. But when you're on a set. And even after you train the actors. Somebody hands... I'm, I I. do a lot of shooting. Somebody shows me an empty gun, they hand it to me. I recheck it. Oh, of course. And then I show it to the actor. And I hand it to the actor. They check it. <laughs> then when we're ready to go hot, hot guys walk over. They load the weapon. They hand the hot weapon to the actor. And that's how it goes. And that's how it's always done. That's why there's been very, very, very few mishaps and you got the brandon lee yeah and you got stuff that just happened over on uh, you know on Russ. and uh and it could never happen you've got thousands and thousands of mandates of shows with lots of gunfire no problem you
1: know yeah the and then that and then that happens yeah you worked yeah, with exactly. michael jackson on moonwalker what was it like being around michael jackson
0: you gotta understand i've known michael since we were kids just the Jackson, something. You know, yeah, they lived in Tarzana. So we always oh, we were growing up in Encino, you know, in high school, and then after high school we did our co We went to certain hangouts. Hey, uh, Michael and his brothers were there. So Michael was a great guy. I remember last time I saw Michael, I was in a blockbuster video about nine o'clock, eight o'clock at night, right by White Up in Ventura, and I'm in there and Michael was in there. You know, he, 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 and, uh, he, we ran into each other. We're talking, we're talking. I had, I was writing Blue Thunder. He goes, check the movie about the all guy? I said, yeah. He goes, how would you want to So he rented it. And Michael was a great guy, you know? And, uh, I'll tell you a funny story. We're in Coco's. Coco's was a, rest, a coffee shop right there, uh, near the Ralph Supermarket, between White Oak, just off of White on the Turbo And we'd hang out there at midnight and Marlon and Michael. We're in there one night. My friend Will Harper, Tom Harper, who are stunt guys and a bunch of us were in there. This is back, I want to say, 79, maybe 80.
1: Before Thriller. Yeah.
0: Before Thriller. No, I lost my car keys somewhere. And Will and I, we're kind of screwed up. We've been partying. It's
1: two
0: in the morning. I'm probably... And, and, and Marlon goes, Joe, what do you guys got? I said, I lost my car keys. Now you got Michael Jackson, Marlon Jackson. They're on their hands. And we're all looking for my car keys. Someone finally, <laughs> found him in the truck of the, of the bench. But they were great. He was a great guy. Uh, he really was. Yeah. You know? you know, my history with you, you know?
1: Yeah. That's, that's so great. You know, I, and the thing, I love blue thunder. It's hard to imagine Michael Jackson in a blockbuster by himself. Riding Blue Thunder, right
0: by himself. That's crazy. By himself, Blue Nobody else in there. It was awesome, you know. And uh, cause he lived, <laughs> he lived. He a house right up for even you know, which wasn't far from being a mile or so up from Ventura Boulevard. so good, good guys. Was really it good guys?
1: Was it surreal for you, Joey, to come back and work on like the Sarah Connor Chronicles and Genesis, and and to pick up and do Terminator again after all that time?
0: You know, it's funny, um, Dickie Herman, who was the VP of production on Warner Brothers TV, I was on a show. I was back east doing the second unit uh Kevin Bacon pitch. And um, she called me. She goes, oh, I know you don't like to do TV, but I got this really good action oriented TV pilot we're doing. And it's called the Sarah Connor front of Bob, turn there. You're the perfect guy. Kind of, would, would you do the pilot? I said, Vicky, for you, yeah. You know, so I flew back for on a weekend to meet with uh, David Butler, who directed it, and a couple of the producers, and we had a nice sit-down lunch. <clears throat> and uh, I left. I had to fly. I had to be back in South Carolina, you know. So I met him on Sunday. I flew back Sunday afternoon, got in late that night. So they, Vicky called me. They said they love you. You know, when you, I said, I'm done in about six weeks. Well, we don't start for two months, so it worked out. So I did the pilot. We had a lot of fun. We shot second unit for number. You know, we had a lot of fun. Lee Nohede was an absolute master. Oh, great. To her, oh, Lena's wonderful. Her summer loud was wonderful. I mean, they're just terrific, terrific souls. And when it came to series, uh, our line producer Charlie Goldstein went on to do the Medalist and Phil Danton, our producer and line producer, came over, and I absolutely love jill probably one of the smartest producers I've ever worked with and they called me up to do the series and i didn't want to it because you know it takes me away from my big teacher work and my big teacher second And that's what that's a lot of money sure and i enjoy doing it and jill said what can we do to keep you to do the series i said jill um First of all, Warner Brothers didn't pay stunt coordinators residuals. I said, So you want me to come in and cut my pay almost to a third to do a series for no residuals? And with two days a second unit, you know, I said, If she goes, Let me talk to the uh, executives. So they made a deal where I got my stunt coordinator pay, but I was they put me as on camera three or four days a week. So I got full residuals for each episode. And they gave me, you know, two to three days, second unit per episode, which is more because every day I shoot, I get a day's prep pay. But I said, here's the deal. If I get a call to go do a second unit feature, you'll have to let me go, and I'll bring somebody in that can fill my shoes. And they agreed to it. And uh, so about, which I did, and we did the first season, second season. Um, where we started that. And I got a call to go back to back east to do a second unit for seven weeks. So I said, guys, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to bring in a good friend of mine who you love named Mickey Gilbert. Mickey's one of my mentors. You know, mm-hmm. he's done so many big features. So Mickey said he'd do it. Mickey, you know, Mickey's 80, 80, it's going to be 88. And this was 15, 14 years ago. So sure. Mickey's in the 70s. And TV's a grime. He did The Fall Guy, he did all these shows. <sighs> You know, it was weird as I hadn't worked with Arnold because I turned down Batman. I turned it down. So, you know, I did work with Arnold for a number of years after that. We finished Terminator, so And I get a call from a, a producer named Bill Carraro. He goes, hey, we'd like you to come in and, and do this uh, Terminator Genesis. And uh, it was David Allison at sure. it's, his, it's his. So I go and I meet with the director. I meet with everybody. And um, they ended up going with Alexander, which is the second year of credit. So only because he had a few more credits than me. And I understand. That's cool. Sure. That's cool. So I I go. I, all of a sudden, I get a call out of the blue. I go take over RoboCop up in Toronto. They fired the stunt coordinator, two weeks came to shoot. So I go up there blind, get into it, and I take the show over. And they had a second unit directly they weren't happy with. When this contract went out, I had to go reshoot a lot of, of the stuff with RoboCop and the motorcycle and other sequences, which I did. So as I'm finishing that, we start FAST 7. Now, at this point, they've started Terminator just. So we get into FAST 7, and about seven weeks before we're, we're going to finish, Paul Walker was killed.
1: And Paul oh, was a that's right.
0: So I was I to it. I tell They're figuring, they've got to finish the show. So I said, guys, when I get running scared, I use Paul's brother on second unit. I mean, for the test, he looks just like him. And now with the new WETA process, you know, you have to shoot three different cameras. This man was doing on second unit with doubles. So they then they can computer create Paul. And they had to go through all the other fast to pull dialogue. So they had the sound loops. And rewrite. so we shut down for eight weeks while they did that. I'm going to see this through. We're shut down. You know what happened, but I think we're coming back online. I've got to be here to finish. You know, you would want me to do it for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they, they started shooting Genesis. So we come back online two months later, and we shoot for another 12 weeks. We finish the show. Genesis is done. And out of the blue, I get home, my wife and I get home. My wife was my assistant director on second unit. And uh, and fast, you know, I was on it for over a year. Big show. I get a call out of the blue from Bill Ferraro, the line producer. He's a good friend of mine I met on RoboCop. And uh, he goes, so we're chatting. He goes, listen, let's talk shop. He goes, listen, uh, the powers that be weren't happy with a lot of it, some of the second unit, it was done on Genesis. So we've got to reshoot some stuff. We've got some new uh, new sequences they want you to shoot. And there's some first unit stuff they haven't finished that we'll need you for as a, as a stunt coordinator. And I said, okay. So they, he goes, can you fly into L.A. and meet with David Ellison and Dana Goldberg? So they sent me what they had as storyboards, which were partial. So I sat down before I got there. And I wrote out a twenty-page shot list and
1: upgraded what they had
0: for this new
1: sequel. Awesome.
0: And I wrote it the shot list as I thought being shot is the way I would see James Cameron shooting it. Because i learned so much from Jim. Mm-hmm. I picked his brain constantly upset. You know, he would have me I'd go down to editing and he would teach me. So I, thought, I met with David Ellison, met with Danny Goldberg, and I didn't give him any BS. You know, it's not me. I went in, I talked to them, I gave them the whole spiel. I said, David, here's how I see it being shot. If you don't like it, I understand. But I, I went back to what I learned from Jim Cameron, and I handed him this detailed shot list with all the action, you know, and all the, the, uh, the points of... Uh, you know, of how I see each character doing what this, how it should be shot. And he sat there and he read it. And they thanked me, and I left, and I thanked Bill. And I got my rental car, and I drove back to Burbank Airport from Santa Monica, you know, from Lightstorm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm sitting waiting by a flight. I live at Tucson. I'll send the phone rings. It's, I go, hello. He goes, so, Bill, go, He goes, where are you? I said, what well, do you mean, where am I? I'm at the airport, so out. And he goes, um... They love you. They absolutely <laughs> loves you. and he, I was called told to hire you right now. He goes, I have been redeemed because I wanted you from the beginning. David Ellison pushed He wanted Alexander Witt. He goes, I have been redeemed. So I, I called my wife and said, hey, looks like I'm staying for about four days. And then I'll be home. And I'm going to come back and start prep. She said, fine, So I got a hotel. <clears throat> Met Bill that night. We had dinner. Went back to life a sky dance and uh, blah 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 went home for about two weeks and came back and prepped for about four or five weeks and um, I'm getting to a reason for this and uh, you know uh, they they got me living allowance in LA which is unheard of for a stunt course and all that and we started prepping so we're prepping at Paramount and I haven't seen Arnold in 10 years somebody said hey Arnold's doing a commercial He's on the other side of the lot. I go, oh, i got to go see him. Oh, yeah. So I get on my phone and I ride over. He's got security there. So the security stops me and he said, can I help you? I said, yeah. Can you tell Arnold Joel Kramer's here? He goes, oh, wait, Joel Kramer. Hang on. He peeks his head. And I hear him. And he goes, come in, come in, come in. I haven't seen Arnold in 10 years. And I walk in and Arnold's sitting there in his chair kind of slumped over. He goes, so, boy, he gets up and lumbers over to me and gives me a big hug, and we, we talk, and I'm looking at him, and he looks down at his stomach, and it's sticking out because goes, sickening, isn't it? So, we caught up a little bit. I had not think in a long time, but he it, had it, it physically changed a lot, you know? Yeah. It's not the guy I, I remember from 10, 12 years ago. You know, but he wanted me to do the third Terminator movie, but I turned it down, and uh, I was on something else. We were playing golf one day. He goes, "I want you to do the next Terminator. I missed you on the last two movies." And he goes, "The action was very black. That was yeah. the way he said it. Yeah, but that was the last time I worked with him. You know, I got to direct him on second, and I had fun with it. But uh, it's all good. It's all good
1: man i sure appreciate you doing this show i i uh i could talk to you all day but i'm afraid to to take your whole day (laughs) because you're two or three shows now which is fantastic oh good oh it's just fantastic
0: oh yeah for sure do it again
1: and uh
0: you know, somebody talked to me, Somebody called me, a DT goes, hey, I was up at Arnold. We were talking about you. He goes, he, he says, well, oh, I need to reach out to Joel. But, you know, I don't reach out much anymore. I haven't heard from him. So, you know, it's okay. Yeah. It is what it is. And uh, I wish him the best. You know, I mean, I'm six. Arnold's going to be six. He's going to be 76, you know, coming up. He's 10 years my senior, you know. And, uh, God, you know, the guys are too hearts, So, oh, gee, he's got to be tough. That's got to be tough, you know. Hey, Joey, and,
1: uh, real quick, would you tell me about about your metal artwork and stuff that you're doing, and how could someone get some?
0: Oh, yeah, it's real, well, Thank you. You know, I I started. Uh, I have a friend of mine out here named Dick Wood, Richard Wood, who was a top special effects coordinator, fabricator. We worked together for 45 years, and through Facebook, we found out we reconnected. He's living ten miles from me. And he's retired. He's got a little shop. I said, can you teach me how to weld? I want to become a metal fan. And he, oh, well, two years ago, he started teaching me. And I built, really, you know, I really got into it. Every time I build something, I learn. You know, I build, I take... I take horseshoes and build Western figures, not like you've ever seen. Mine they take six to eight hours a piece. They're really there's character in them. People love them. I build ornamental southwestern art for your yard. I build these horseshoe towel. I mean, I build everything. You can go to my Facebook page. I'm Joel J Kramer on Facebook. And go through my pictures, and you'll see a lot of the artwork. And if people want something, you know, um, they can contact me through Facebook, and I'll I'll build it on a on piece basis. I don't have a website. It's not something I'm doing, you know, to make a living. I do it because I enjoy it. But you know, they pay for my time, you know. And I just built this beautiful prickly pear cactus out of different sized triangular pieces of steel that I that I. Um, so I built beautiful flowers. It's a purple. We have a thing out here called a purple prickly pear. They're absolutely stunning, you know. And I, I uh, acid washed the metal and created this purplish hue. And it's all on Facebook. And they really are. Somebody wanted one of those. And yeah, I put 25 hours into that. The material is only about six, seven hundred dollars, but my time. So I charge about between 25 to $4,000 depending on the size of some of the bigger pieces.
1: Joel J. Kramer on Facebook. People can go and look through all of the pictures and whatnot.
0: But the little cowboy figurines you're going to fall in love with out of horseshoes, those are 100 to $200 a piece. You, know, you can buy them cheaper online, but they're not like mine. And when you see them, you'll go, oh, I get it.
1: Yeah. Joel, you That's should build, you what? should weld an endoskeleton, a Terminator made by the guy that played Terminator.
0: God, you know, that would—I
1: don't know if I'd get trademark problems with that, because that's somebody by. i don't know who owns it. I think Skydance owns that, so, it's, you know. Thank you so much, Joel Kramer, for being on Guatney Unplugged. Great stories there. Hey, you guys go out and have a great Saturday, a great weekend. We'll see you next week right here on 1029 KAR.